A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back. Scoopy is here. He's going to update us with where his squad is at and maybe a bit of a life update as well uh, before we get into, really, the, the big bulk of this is going to be JDB transfers. Who are going to go? Are we going to straight swap? Are we going to double trade to get the Cleary? Plenty, plenty happening. Scoop, what's going on? Yeah, um, moving around a lot in my life currently. My team's moving around and I can make some moves this week. Got six. Got slapped in the face by a late Cleary century, but uh, in good position to move up into the top 100. Beautiful. Are you looking to get Cleary this week? or? Yes. Uh, I think it's just going to... It's going to be really difficult to make any ranks with Hines and the Sharks struggling a bit um, and Cleary just coming back in the pit is looking to dominate. Very much so. You have a lot of halves, by the way. How's that going to play out? It, it's a t- it's a tough one. I've got three sets of trades that I'm potentially looking at. Uh, has it sort of updated to give me Heinz and Cleary in there at the moment? No, have you already got that in? This is um last week's result. That's one of the trades that I've got. Yeah. So okay. If my I've got a couple of options because I've got six trades and Jack DeBellin and a million centers and a few things that I can do. So it, it could be. Could be some really interesting options uh, on the table, like potentially a Manu and a Bellin to a Cleary and like a backup hooker. Like I might go even like a Cheese or Coruscant's 18th man. Another option is to go really, really spicy, try and be greedy, keep both Heinz and Cleary and trade Dream Quarter to Latrell and then go JDB to Cleary and keep the gun halves. Drink order. But um, I do have a lot of halves if I go for that. So possibly, possibly not. Or JDB plus one of my four gun halves to Cleary plus a center looper for the three remaining ones. So they're all sort of pretty close to each other. I'm not sure what I'm going to go yet. Got about 24 hours to figure that out. But all of them could potentially be really, really big for my team. Definitely. Actually, I heard you. Um, I was listening to the amateurs, and I heard you put your um your question in about the center loop, and it actually didn't sound so bad, just because you have a lot of trades left. So, yeah, definitely in an interesting spot here in the private group, aren't we? With you sitting at one hundred sixteenth overall, Will is almost hundred points ahead of you, um, and I'm only I'm only five ahead of him. So it's gonna be interesting me with the two trades and you with six. If uh, yeah, if you're gonna be able to catch up, 
that 100 points or just under at this stage. It's going to be very, very fun here up the top. In uh, yeah, the top four is very, very close, just 155 points separating all of us, which is very, very cool. So let's uh, let's get into obviously we got who's hot, who's not here to start off with, and you know, Debellin. Nico Hines actually 2.26% sold. So I imagine Nico Hines to Cleary is the play. Would you do that yourself? I thought about it early on, but there were just better options. Like initially, I was going JDB to Latrell, Hines to Cleary. But yeah, I backed out of that because, I mean, look, Trindle isn't as good for Nico as Moylan and the Sharks aren't going great. But I mean, you'll still take Nico's 60 to 65 average. Like even in that first game, it wasn't a Panthers game. He still scored like 60 points and like he didn't look like he was going to get anywhere near that until the last 15 minutes of the game. So we know he can do that. He's one of those very few players that can just score points and make like 40 and 20 minutes consistently. So I just I just talk myself out of trading him out because, I mean, I'm going to be wanting him um, as soon as I get rid of him. Yeah, exactly. And the last three weeks for the Sharks, I don't think it could be worse for them. They played really, really poorly. So um, you'd imagine they're going to be throwing everything at these last bunch of weeks to try and get some wins for sure. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of the biggest one I noticed here on that list. And then, yeah, it's, it's Cleary at 4% bring in, which is obviously, yeah, very obvious. And then everyone else is under that. So let's get into the straight swap potential options for JDB. So if you have a fair bit of cash in the bank, you're likely going to be able to go for Payne Huss or Isaiah Yo, two of the guys that are, aren't super high ownership. You know, a lot of us probably have Horsburgh at this point. It seems like we're close to 90% for Corey. So yeah, he's still a solid option if you're looking at him, but we won't be going through him today. Who would be your, if you could just straight swap JDB to anyone in the mid or the edge, let's just say you want cover across your middle and edge at, at this stage, who would be your number one and then number two pickups? If you don't have Cameron Murray yet, it would be Murray, but I know a lot have jumped on already, so people are looking for another answer. And oh, it's really tough to... It's really tough to see a clear winner. I mean, McKinnis probably would have been the clear winner, except he's gone up so much now. And Fitzgibbon said in the Sharks uh, press conference, <laughs> yeah, the, the analysts talked to him at halftime. They're like, oh, hang on, he's got like 50 tackles. He's got a chance of breaking record. And that's part of the reason why he stayed on. So he definitely won't get that every week if that's what you're looking for. But I mean, will he get 55 to 60 minutes and score you 55 points, nearly all in tackles? Maybe. So there's a potential world where McKinnis is the best value gun for points for price option there. But I do really like paying Haas just because, I mean, he's the top averaging man. He's had a couple of down weeks. Mm. But if they're, if they're the down weeks, what are the, what are the up weeks that are going to come as the Broncos look to fire up for the top two spot? Yeah, I'm... Completely with you. I'm so scared of Payne Haas this week and next week. Like the, the more times he gets 50 in a row, uh, the bigger chance that that 70 plus is coming. And you just you just have to expect it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I can't get to him personally straight to it, but if I could, I would be. Uh, obviously, the buy in a couple of weeks, but really, I think he's going to be the best averaging mid over the last well, four games for him. But if you you, know, you you don't want to have that buy coming up, then there's obviously a few other options as well. So, yeah, I definitely worried about Payne Haas, and I would grab him if possible. Isaiah, yo, would he be on your list? He'd be on my list only if I've got next to no Panthers and Eels. So, like, if you've got Hopgood 
can't get to Cleary and nobody else, yeah, I would go Yo because there is a decent chance that um, he will be rested along with a bunch of other Penrith blokes. We know last year's has been pretty consistent, easy to predict. If the Panthers are going well, they're near the top of the table. They are not afraid to rest blokes. We've already seen it during the origin period. That's the only thing that might save them. They've had a little bit of a rest, but I mean, some of the origin guys really, really haven't. So like, Clear is a prime candidate. Yo is possibly a good candidate, um, even though he missed 20. So like, Yo is probably the best if you don't have a lot of extras like Penasini. If you have guys that are going to be missing in round 27 already and not like seven or eight trades, it's it's going to be tough. Yeah, part of me feels like Cleary would be the least chance of being rested because he's had so much rest already. But it seems like he's not one of those guys that needs too long to get back into it. He seemed like that first game, he, he uh, just wasn't getting involved as much. Seemed a little bit clunky. And then on the weekend, he just killed it. So yeah, maybe they just rest everyone. Could definitely be a thing. But yeah, that's something to think about. If you have Cleary, which most of us will, then you know, Yo could be a little bit of a worry. Um, or if you have an Edwards already or something like that, for sure. So he spoke about McKinnis. So after watching that, I was like, oh my God, everyone needs to have him in their side. And then I was like, well, he just got absolutely battered. And like, he can't do that every week, obviously. So yes, it's likely that he goes back to about a 50-55 average. And that's close to where he's priced at. So I think he can get better from Isaiah Yo from, from Payne Haas for sure. Um, and pro- he's probably similar to a lot of the other options like Tarpany. Um, you know, Carrigan might be a little bit ahead, but has that one buy. So, yeah, definitely McInnes should be on a lot of people's radars. He's not the slam dunk, I, I don't think. You know, if we're, if we're basing it off last week, he's not going to get 80 minutes again. Um, so you take away at least 15. I'd say it'd probably be 20 to 25 minutes. We've seen when he has played lock. When I owned him early in the year, I wish he'd scored this well. He got 56, 54, um, and then 47 minutes and a 53, and then got injured after that, um, unfortunately. So that was where he was at in that time. So what's the reasoning for him playing more than that 56, 54 minutes? I I don't see it, apart from, you know, their defense is that bad and they just need him on there. I don't know. But, yeah, he's obviously a great pickup and plays all the rest of the game. So um, he's definitely a clear option. And then, yeah, maybe if you have multiple trades like yourself, those 700K guys like him and, and Cam Murray at 710, a later upgrade, that, that secondary guy that you're talking about, by getting like an Appy at 5.30 who could go boom and be that kind of nice looper for your side. So that's probably a one way to think about it uh, as well. If you want to downgrade closer to a 700 guy rather than going to straight up to Haas or straight up to Yo uh, or even to, to Tarpany, a little bit more sideways at that 770 or whatever taps is, 772. So, yeah, it's just a little food for thought on those guys. Uh, you mentioned Cam Murray as well. Any, any sort of worry... With him, obviously, he has been bailed out um, a little bit in a bunch of these games. A few games ago, he got that 55 with a try and then wasn't looking great on the weekend before he got that line break and try at the end. He was going to be about a 40-43 type of guy before that run. Does that worry you at all, especially with the buy coming up and he's gained a fair bit of cash back? Well, it does worry me a little bit, but, I mean, Rabbits don't have a lot of players at the moment. They're missing a few Again, so like I still see his minutes at least being quite consistently high. Like we saw um, mid-season that, that some of them down into like low 60s, 50s, and we were all jumping off if we owned him. So I think he will maintain a bigger minute role and have potential to have the higher base. But yeah, he does need to get a bit more involved to just make sure that he's the Cam Murray that we want rather than the 
early season Cam Murray had dropped 200k to get to where he is priced at. I still like him, but um, yeah, that that is a mark against him, I guess. Yeah, I just don't see the big minutes happening against these lesser these lesser sides. Um, not one of them. I don't see it happening this week. Uh, Dragons, you wouldn't expect it. Newcastle, maybe if it's close, and then Roosters to finish, they're likely going to be out of the race. So, um, yeah, and what, there's, there'd be no reason to pump in for 50, 60, uh, sorry, for more than 65 minutes when they've got the finals next week. If they get there, obviously. If, if they start to lose matches, then you'll have to play big minutes, I imagine. But, yeah, it's just something to think about and note. Um, the buy remaining, I don't think he's a slam dunk. Uh, but, yeah, the two scores, 70 and 64, I can't really argue with, can I? So, <laughs> makes it hard. I do have him in my side too, so. Yeah, one thing that, about Cameron Murray is that, like, the Rabbits haven't been really that great. I mean, even this game with Latrell back, like, yeah, Latrell will get a bit more match fit and things will happen. But, like, the Bunnies still didn't really do much against the Tigers. So I, I think a bunch of these last games, like, especially, like, a Newcastle game, you'd expect them to win, but you wouldn't expect them to blow them off the park. Yeah. So I think a few of these games might be, unless the Bunnies click straight away, um, I think that it will be a few more close games and Murray will be trying to stay out there so that they can consolidate the win and a top uh, top eight spot. But yeah, it, it's going to be an on or off switch. It's not going to be anywhere in between. So you've got to decide which you think is more likely. Yeah, I agree with that. It's going to be uh, smashing by 20 or 30 and they kind of click into gear or, or they won't. It's going to be close. Um, all right, Joe Tapps, 772. So a little bit more expensive than these guys. It's, it's a bit of a mark against his name for sure especially with what Ricky can do with these um, these forward minutes, unfortunately. He does seem to be working into bigger minutes this year now, uh, but he's had 48 the week before, so it's so hard to work out because since, what, round 12, he's gone up to 58, uh, and then he's got a bunch of games over 60 from there. So that's all great news, but you look at the last few games and, and they're at just that over that 51, but he has that up, he has that upside, doesn't he, at that, 70, that 65 plus. Um, and you know, could be a decent little point of difference guy uh, when he comes up against some some solid opponents. Really, it's only the Broncos and and Storm in the last five that'll be tough, and he doesn't have a buy. So, what do you think of Joe Taps? Yeah, I, I find it really hard to know where to place him, especially with sort of the Horsburgh situation last week. I did mm. hear that there was a bit of they mucked up the interchanges a bit, and so they couldn't bring horse on as early as they liked. So that's potentially one of the solutions to as to why Horse disappeared for such a long period of time. But I mean, if Horse just continues to play huge minutes, I don't see Tarpanay regularly playing like 60 plus minutes. Through that origin period, there are a few games where he did quite well. Um, but like, at, at, especially near the end there, well, Horse wasn't around for the origin game. So it, it, it it's a balancing act as to who feeds who and how many minutes do they get. And Ricky Stewart is not going to give us a clear answer. So, look, I think he is going to be a keeper and he's going to score, like, around that 55 mark. But at 772k, you're paying exactly about that price. So whether he's a good buy is debatable, <laughs> but he, he is a solid option that will get roughly consistent scores. Somebody who... I think it's a bit more boom or bust potentially than Tarpanay would be like somebody about what seven seven forty something Adam Fanua Blake. Yeah, he's the next guy on the list. Yeah, seven forty five, and that's the thing with all these from uh, these forwards. You got five games left, and, and let's just take out a buys for any you know, for the guys that we're looking at, like like Adam. 
And look, they're probably going to be a bit more up and down. You look at Nat Butcher and stuff as well. He's like a 40 and then he gets 70. And it's like, well, it's about a 55 average. And they're all probably going to end up around that 55 for the last five games, hey? So it's more, I don't know, none of them seem like a slam dunk as a straight swap. You know, anyone under Jack DeBellin price, none of them seem like a slam dunk. So they're probably all just going to be similar, aren't they, in the end? So I don't think you're going to completely choose wrong. Like week to week, they're going to be some big differences. Like Adam might score a try and get 70. Um, you know, Butcher might get 45, but then Adam gets 47 the next week and, and Butcher gets 60 tackles. You know what I mean? Like, so um, there's a lot going on there. But what do you want to say about Adam? Yeah, Adam's the type of guy that is that boom or bust um, play. He's one of the, I would put him in the top two props in the comp at the moment, form wise. And fantasy this year, we he's done what we thought he might last year. We can see mid season. He crashed over for a bunch of tries in relatively good minutes and turned like a 50 or 55 into a 65 or 70. And if I don't think I've seen a better dream run home than what I've seen for the Warriors right now. So you've got Gold Coast, Tigers, Manly, Dragons and Dolphins. He could get two or three or four crash over the line tries. The only worry is potentially his minutes not being so consistent with Jazz Tavanga just around the corner. So... It will be the 45 to, well, 75 guy if, you, if you're if you keen for that. He's a head-to-head matchup winner, but he might be frustrating and scary to own as well. Yeah, and then you look at that. He's had one try since round 11. So he definitely flew under the radar a little bit. They got him in good positions. Obviously, Warriors are playing great. So he's going. he seems to get a couple, two or three chances a game. Um, and sometimes he's crashing over like he did in round 20. But I do think that they're defending him a lot better. So tackle break-wise, he had a four, uh, four tackle break game in that round 20 when he scored, but he isn't getting the tackle breaks that he was during that mid-season. So they seem to be two, three men on him at a time um, just to keep him up because they know how damaging he is. So that's just something to note as well. You know, maybe it's just he's just due for a try or two or they're defending him a little bit different as well. Just something to note, I think. All right, Tolko Harris is the next man. Uh, well, we'll stick with the stick with the Warriors crew. If you did trade him out, is there any thought in bringing him back in as the, one of the cheaper mids? We also have to note that they don't they just have a four forward bench as well. Yeah, I, I think Toby's the first one on this list that I'm going to just say flat no. Oof, the reason we why we traded him out was because, well, um, he came out and basically said. I can't remember the coach now. What, what, Webster. Anyway, the coach basically came out and said. Yeah, like we brought Tohu off because he was sick and because there's so many other people that can do a job. And with Jazz and the others coming back, he's basically said he doesn't. if he doesn't need to leave him out there, he won't. So you might see a lot more comes off after 60 minutes instead of pushes for low 70s. So mm. I really think that he's only he's going to be pushing to average much more than 50. Yeah, the PPM's been up. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In those lower minutes, sorry, maybe knowing that he's not going to play 80, he's going that little bit harder. Um, something to note for sure. He's gone 63 and 71, 60 and 58, 31, 36, 59 and 54, all for pretty close to a to a one PPM when his career PPM is 0.69. So that's the only worry, right? Is that when he's on there, he has to be pushing really hard to get those points. And is he going to be a 55 type of guy in 65 minutes? Probably not. Hey, for the most part, um, he'll definitely do it. Yeah. Yes, but I don't think with those teams. Yeah, he has to get a try assist or two, doesn't he? So, yep, happy for you, happy for us to leave him out. And then Pat Carrigan, he's probably the guy I'd want most on this list that I can straight swap for, but the buy is very frustrating, I think. Yeah, he's a hard one because, like, he's on the more expensive side of these straight swaps, but like, at that price comes some consistency. He's been moving a bit between second row a lot with some of the injuries that they've been having, and he's been staying out there for... 80 minutes for the last three games. So if he does continue to play very close to 80 minutes, he's going to score very, very well. But yeah, if you own anybody else in a Broncos jersey, round 25, it's going to suck. So if you have Payne Haas, I absolutely would not buy Pat Carrigan because that's just going to put a massive hole in your midst. It's going to cost you in that in that, um, in that that week. But if he's going to be your only Bronco, I could make an argument for it. It's just the fact that he's so close in price to somebody like a Yo or a Haas who's like a definite upgrade. So, tough one. Mm, definitely. Um, okay, let's move along. So, both the question now I want to ask, we'll go for Tyson Frizzell, um, but just the question now is, if you have four trades, I really don't think this is an issue in terms of double trading to get Cleary, but if you have two trades, do you do you think that's okay? Or do you, like, and leaving four rounds with no trades to be able to double trade to get Cleary, maybe you, yeah, you need... Jack DeBellin up to Cleary's, what, 150K or whatever it is, and you can downgrade someone else to maybe, you know, they definitely need to be a, a guy that's going to be consistent, play every game, probably average 40 or something like that. Do you think that's okay and, and making sure you have cover in every, every position or would you avoid that type of move? I think you can if you especially need a little bit of depth. Um, if you've got two trades and, for example want to trade and get a clearing in a red dot, I think that's more of an issue unless unless it's somebody who is reasonably common, someone like a Brendan Hands who's just sort of sitting in no man's land and, and is an expensive red dot. Mm. Well, you might as well turn him into into Cleary with the cash. So um, I th- think it really depends on your depth as to whether you can go straight away. But like, it, it's very, very yuck to have a whole month's worth of no trade. So ideally you don't, but I mean, there are a couple of situations where it might work out. Yes, you probably want 21 green dots when you're uncovering every position if you're going to leave yourself with none now. Something like that, yeah, really. You should go very close to 21 green dots. Yeah, yeah, it's probably the only play for sure. It's definitely a tough run because it's like, well, you, really, you do need Cleary like um, for the end. 
Um, but yeah, how much is it going to cost you if there are injuries and, and you don't have cover in a certain position? Like if you don't have hooker cover and you've just got Grant and he gets injured next week, it's all what ifs. But yeah, some very relevant and serious what ifs, you know, because it's it's footy, right? Uh, Tyson Brazell, he's someone that I do have some interest in. He's very inconsistent as well. He seems to be a 60-plus guy uh, or he goes into the 40s and, and he's very you know, solid somewhere in, in that position. What are your thoughts on Tice, especially in a team that's going you know, pretty well and on a bit of a roll at the moment? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a surprise. Um, some of these late-season resurgences, like the Knights were not somebody I would have picked to make the eight at all about six weeks ago. Mm. But now they're definitely in the conversation pushing guys like potentially the Sharks or even the Rabbitohs if they can't pull it together um, out of that spot. I think they're only one point out of the eight now. And yeah. that is on the back of Cameron Ponga and some of their outside backs like Dane Gagai going absolutely really huge over the last little <laughs> period and just throughout this year in general. I think it needs to be a bit more of a battle for Tyson to do well. So a game like the Storm game two weeks ago, he did quite well. He got 30 tackles. A um, couple of tackle busts and good meters because he, well, that's what he was required to do. Last week they touched up the Raiders and he wasn't required to do as much running, and it was all sort of the outside backs doing the damage. So like, yep. I think he can be a good option, but he needs to get that little bit of attack that he can sometimes do, but not. You don't want to always rely on attack for a second role unless the name's David Fafita. So yeah, a yeah, good it's... one and spicy, but like not. Like nearly everyone on this list, it's not a slam dunk. Yeah, it is very interesting actually looking at the the teams that he scored pretty well against. He's going a couple of good scores against Panthers, fifty eight, fifty seven. So those tackle numbers are up. He still just he seems to be a guy. He's just going to get tackle breaks every week. So um, he gets more ball when it is closer. As you said, they don't go to the they can't go to the outside backs as quickly because there's less gaps. Um, so they have to use Tyson a bit more. So yeah, very interesting. And then they've got what Dolphins. Dolphins and Dogs next few weeks, you know, he's, he probably needs to score a try, doesn't he, in those type of games um, before he gets a few harder ones. So, yeah, definitely interesting and fairly cheap. Um, someone to keep on your radar. All right, if you don't have Dave Fafita, uh, obviously, if you can straight swap Jack DeBellin to Fafita, I think that's a, a must decision. But I, I don't think I'd too trade for it. Very interesting at the moment, he isn't playing 80 minutes, hey? With Is it the back tightness? Is it just, you know, coach's choice? I'm not sure, hey? I wish I wish I knew it, it's back to the watch and wait situation because like it's very scary when we know in the past they've fins gone off after sixty minutes not come back and you're like oh that forty seven could have been a sixty mm. or that fifty three could have been an eighty if he had been on the park for that try that was scored over there so like I think he's still just probably clearly the top edge option but like if he isn't going to be playing 80 he's not as clear as some of the others but he has dropped a bit of cash so his price is um a little bit more appealing now so it's 800 and a little bit instead of 900 so yeah he's still a good pickup and yeah it's not really much more to say he's david yeah we know what he can do yeah he gets 60s and 70s very easily doesn't he and and he did get held up he was very very close to getting close to 100 um, with a try there, it would have been. So, yeah, that's that. Let's go to Dan Gagai, 668. He's actually a little bit cheaper than I would have thought, considering he had uh, just a couple of lower games through that middle period about a month or so ago, 24, 41, and a 31. But other than that, he's 50-plus all the time and has 70 upside, doesn't he? So if you do need a center, is he top priority, him and Lomax? I think it really has to be. I mean, 
if you filter this a little bit, he looks not must have, but like if you're looking for a center, you'd nearly pick him up Garrick at this point. I mean, mm. 52.6 average this year. Knight's humming. Knight's going really well. And let's have a look at what his low games were. Mm, 27. Panthers. Mm, 24. <laughs> Sharks where the Sharks beat him by 20. 31. Panthers. Like wow. if you take those out, that's probably a 60 average. Hey, like, And that's unreal for a pure center. He's getting massive run meters. He's getting massive tackle breaks. Like I, I think I've said a few times, his base is the best out of any pure center. Well, you get 168 meters and 17.9 tackles with them together, and you've got nearly 35 points before you add anything. And like he's doing a lot for the team. I can't see anything under 50 and like over 55 or even 60 is a possibility with um, dolphins, bulldogs. Rabbits, sharks, and dragons to finish. Like that's that's a dream pod. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it becomes if you need a centre, I think he's the must-have. Lomax has been amazing. He's getting so many runs, but yeah, Gagai first, Lomax second, for sure. Very, very interesting. Latrell Mitchell's the next one on the list. Seven twenty-five. You could obviously straight swap Jack DeBellin to Latrell. Uh, so we'll speak about. You know, obviously, you could do it to Gagai as well if you wanted to, or that's maybe you know Gagai, and you can upgrade somewhere else with the extra cash um, if you don't need a mid or an edge. I'm personally thinking about something like Latrell, um, but having Murray as well, it's probably pushing me away a little bit. But the other options are going to be DCE. They're going to be Munster. Uh, so we'll speak about them in a second. But let's, let's talk about Latrell to kick things off. What are your thoughts on grabbing him at the moment? Do you think he can be a 60 guy for the rest of the year? I do. Like, the Rabbits have been pretty ordinary, and Latrell came out and did a little bit, but not really take control of the game. And he still scored a high 60. Like, Alright, um, what's the rabbit's draw for the rest of you? It's pretty easy. I Sharks, think. dragons, like, I mean, knights, roosters. Yeah, there you go. Like, there's not many fantastic teams in there. Like, um, and e- uh, even really, it doesn't matter unless they're like a top four team that can defend them really well. So, in all honesty, we've seen post Origin Latrell. He's like post Origin Teddy most of the time, but I think he's sort of replaced him now. And like. He could go 60-plus average quite easily um, and have some 80s and 90s in there. Yeah, last year, 80 and 84, 98, the game before Origin 3. Um, very impressive in that. And then 2021, he's got a 92 and a 93 and a 66 in the back end. So, yeah, very impressive on that. And we know that that's, you know, he's a guy that could make or break a season, can't he? So um, definitely a great option. But, yeah, if you if you haven't got Murray yet, Maybe Latrell's your guy instead of Murray if you do need someone in that wing fullback position for sure. Let's go to DCE and Munster. Who would you pick now? They, they just continue to stay in that same price bracket of very, very close together. 3K difference, DCE 751, Munster at 748. Do you have a slight, someone with a slight edge at the moment or, yeah, just take your pick? I think it depends what you want for your team. Like Munster's going to be the 90 guy and DC is going to be the kick meter guy who gets you 50 or 60. So... Munster is currently lower owned in the top 1K. Yeah. He's about 20 or like 12 is. He's heading up towards 36. Like 20, 30%. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And, um, yeah, so 30. Yeah, I just figure that if you want to go big and make a couple of ranks, Munster could be the one because he does have that ceiling. It really depends, I think, what you need. Yeah, I suppose like DCE's got more higher games than. Than Munster this year though he's got two, two nineties, bunch of seventies. Munster's got the one ton, um, and one one seventy. So, 
yeah, it's interesting. He's, he's kind of changed his tune a little bit this year. Yeah, which, yeah, obviously before that, he was that guy that would get 75, 80, 90. Um, last year, there's a bunch of them, 81, 93, 76. So, yeah, I, I suppose if you look at the, the matchups, they both have to play Penrith. Yeah, he plays them, uh, Munster plays them this week. DCE plays them in two weeks. They've got Warriors, who's the other good one for DCE, or the other good team. Whereas Munster has Broncos in the last game. He also has Canberra, um, and you say Titans, like on their day, they could be all right as well. So I don't really think it matters who they play. Would you agree with that? Like good team, bad team, they're pretty consistent across the board, right? Yeah, and Munster in the past, especially the last couple of years, he's been a guy who almost does better against some of those hard teams. Look, unless they're really dominated, he's almost averaged better in some of those difficult games. So. I think you can't go wrong with Munster or DC, really. It's just going to be whether... Is there a slight chance that Melbourne rest a few of their stars if a top, if a top four spot's locked up? Yeah, I definitely think that's... Now that they lost to Knights, hey? Because they haven't, they haven't had a rest yet. Oh, Munster did, actually. That's right. He was hungover, <laughs> whatever he was. Um, well, Grant's, Grant's the big worry there, I'd say. Yeah. Um, mm. Just because he hasn't had a rest, he's played all of them. But yeah, I'd say they're likely going to be still pushing for that top four. But yeah, they got Panthers this week. They likely lose, and that just puts them puts them back a peg. Um, but yeah, I'm person. I'm personally, I think I'm leaning a little bit to, to Cherry Evans, just. Um, but yeah, I don't think either way you're gonna you're gonna miss out. I eh? so still definitely yeah that conversation we were having a few weeks ago about those two. It's still very relevant here. Let's move to our couple of cash downs this week. Dan Russell and Nick. Gotrick, so almost 100k difference now. Russell's at 312, coming off a couple of good efforts, and obviously Jack DeBellin out, so that means Russell probably keeps his 80 minute job, right? He's a, he's a guy that you could actually even play each week. You know, he should be about a 40 guy. He probably should have had that try on the weekend. It was an interesting way of, of going about it, but yeah, as a cash down, playing plays every you know the last five games. He's decent, hey? Yeah, it's. There's been a few of these guys this year that have just appeared mid or late season that have been really solid options, and I think he is definitely one you can look at. The only thing I'd even slightly worry about is Ben Murdoch-Masilla back next week, but, I mean, he's done a pretty good job while he's been there, so I think that he definitely can keep that spot. Mm. Um, Jack Bird's knee probably is just... Yeah, I think he's done for the year. I don't think it's going to come good. Like, it's, Russell's got one hand on that spot for the rest of the year, to be honest. Yeah, seems like he'll at least play every week. Um, and, you know, 30 to 60 minutes, 80 minutes fairly likely as well. Uh, Kotrick, as a cash down, as a dual position centre wing fullback, may keep his spot in the, in the team. He's going to be fine, right? If you need a cash down, he's going to play. Yeah, he's all right. I mean, he's not <laughs> fancy. He's not real fun. He'll probably score you 20 points or 15 points. But, I mean, that's points. And he's literally as cheap as you can get with Jewel. And if he goes away, then he's a looper. So, it's not the greatest and most amazing cash cow. Yeah. And that's the difference between this point of the season and early season we're looking for money-making. But he's got to be one of the guys that works in your team late season. Definitely. All right, we've got four guys to go, probably a couple of minutes before we lose our Zoom. Appy Chorus out 5.30. I spoke to him last week. He's a, the perfect looper because he's going to get 50-plus or he's going to get 28. Um, still the exact same for me this week. I think he's a solid one at a mid-price who's going to cover Grant uh, if he's going to go down, if he happens to go down injured. You still you agree with that? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit less happy now that Simkin's on the bench because it looks oh, yes. more like a 27, but I mean, he's still a loop. He's still a loop. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Preston, would you hold him? I mean, he just can, kind of continues to do enough, hey? Like, yep. if you don't have many trades, I don't see a big reason to get rid of him. Yeah, simple like, as that. If you can and you have, like, Cleary upgrades, you can do, do like, Preston and uh, JDB to Cleary and, like, a, a, and like a Coruscant, maybe. Yeah, that's true. But if you don't have too many trades, I mean, he's doing all right. Yeah, I'd be holding if um yeah, if that wasn't clearly in your grasp. Uh, Joseph Manu, clearly holding him, right? I saw people talking about how his sort of hard game, harder games are over. And I mean, he's lost 50k now and he's kind of priced where he's supposed to be now rather than 50k more. So like you either sell now or you just keep running decent scores. Yeah, it was his lowest score of the year. Even at centre, it was a 25 in round seven when they sucked. Still in that one. So I'd imagine he bounces back against Manly and he only really, he has no real hard games to come. So yeah. I think I think he's fine. And last one, Brendan Hands. Very unfortunate for myself. I do own him. Uh, I think I'm just going to hold off on my last trade and, and maybe use him as a as a trade if if nothing comes about. Like if no injuries come about the next few weeks, I might move him on then. But he's obviously a clear guy you can use. But I'd rather hold the trade than trade him for a, an 18th man at the moment. I think uh, unless you need someone to play as your 17th man, I'm probably holding. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, that, I, I was looking at. Something like this as well. I don't have hands, but there's a couple of trade-out combos in my team that I thought, yo, that sounds good. And then you're left over with a bit of money and you're like, oh, I feel obliged to spend it. <laughs> yeah. But if, you're, if you have somebody like hands who's just sitting there as a solid pot of money that can't go up and down unless he goes back onto the bench, mm. you can then use that when you want to to get to a good person that you want to rather than getting a substandard option. Very much so. Uh, it's good to have you back, mate. Everyone was missing you in the comments. Bring Scoop back. So it's great to have you here, and I'm, I hope everyone appreciates it. So thank you, uh, and good luck running off to your next uh, next bit of work, mate. See you later.